Welcome to Immigrant Song, a podcast about immigration in the United States. I'm your host, Robert Stribley. In each episode, we discuss a specific and timely topic on the subject of immigration. You'll hear facts and figures, but also interviews with people who are experts or who've been affected by our immigration laws. In this episode, we'll ask what happens to a dreamer deferred. This episode will be a little more personal as I compare my own experience as an immigrant to this country to those who are undocumented immigrants. I became an American citizen through legal, if unusual, means. It wasn't by right of birth. I was born in Perth, Western Australia. Neither was it through some significant financial investment as some do. The government does grant a green card to immigrants investing $1 million or $500,000 in targeted employment areas. That's a rather elite method of immigration I never hear folks complain about. No, I came into this country as an immigrant via far more obscure means. My parents immigrated to the United States in 1990 when my Aussie-born father was simply hired directly to a Baptist church in Greenville, South Carolina. This fundamentalist Christian congregation was allowed to employ whomever they felt qualified due to a religious freedom clause in the immigration regulations. That clause wasn't and still isn't limited to positions for ministers, but is available to anyone the church wishes to employ full-time. Technically, I was already in the United States studying for my undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism on a student visa. But I was under 21 years of age, so my parents could still petition for me to be granted a green card. And so they did, shortly before my 21st birthday. Although it took some six years to process, while working as an English teacher in Busan, Korea, I did secure my green card and officially immigrated to the United States. So how did I become an American citizen a few years later when I was finally sworn in? Did I earn citizenship because I had lived here for a few years already? No. Did I earn it because I was more educated? No. Because I had a large sum of money to invest in the United States? No. Was it because I was a refugee, escaping some sort of brutality in my homeland? No. Arguably, I became a citizen because of dumb luck and a religious loophole. Which makes me ask, is that even fair? Of course, I wouldn't fault my parents for taking advantage of that loophole. They believed they were providing a better life for themselves and for their children. And I'm grateful that route allowed me to become an American citizen. But it does raise an interesting question for me. Did I deserve that citizenship more than someone who's lived here for, say, 20 years after coming to the country illegally? Similarly, did I deserve that citizenship more than someone who came here as a two-year-old with their parents and grew up in this country essentially as an American, not knowing how to feel comfortable in any other country? For me, the answer to that question is emphatically no. I don't deserve to be here any more than those people. I simply am here because my means of entry happen to be, oddly enough, legal. Did I deserve to remain here more than someone who's lived and loved and worked and paid taxes here for 20 years but is undocumented? No.
And let's face the big red, well, uh, rue in the room, too. It doesn't hurt that I'm white, Anglo-Saxon, and formerly Protestant. Some would argue there's just no comparison, because I came here legally. Indeed, I've seen many other legal immigrants complain bitterly about undocumented immigrants getting granted legal status. But restricting your belief of who deserves to be here solely to those who follow regulations, well, that sounds like the textbook definition of legalism to me. And I don't trust legalistic judgments to necessarily be moral or even ethical judgments. On the contrary, it seems to me that in most cases, most cases, someone who's lived here the bulk of their life clearly deserves the title of American. Try focusing on the first word, illegal. They are criminals by definition. Why is this so hard for the freaking liberals to understand? That's a comment on Facebook by a man named Scott, who was responding to one of my articles explaining that undocumented immigrants are not typically violent criminals. But they committed a crime. What about the illegal in illegal immigrant don't you understand? These are typical complaints. But there are many good reasons not to refer to undocumented immigrants as illegal, including the fact that more than half of such immigrants don't actually come here illegally. They simply come into the country legally and overstay their visits. And the U.S. government does not consider the latter criminal behavior. It's a civil offense, not a criminal offense. So the argument that all illegal immigrants are criminals is actually factually incorrect. But also consider that the fines and jail time for crossing the border illegally are significantly less than, say, those for heroin possession. That'll get you a year in prison and a $5,000 fine. And a typical state charge for the sale or distribution of heroin can get you up to life in prison, or more often 10 to 15 years, and a $100,000 fine. Crossing the border illegally, though, that warrants no more than six months in prison and a maximum $250 fine. We overlook many other sorts of crimes, too. We even commit them ourselves and justify them in various ways. Jaywalking is a crime. Speeding is a crime. Cheating on your taxes is also a crime. So why do you think people believe that crossing our border illegally is such a significant transgression then? Some might complain immigrants are stealing their jobs or their benefits. Both of those arguments are arguably dubious claims or oversimplifications, of course. We've discussed them previously, and we'll tackle the misconceptions around immigrants stealing benefits in an upcoming episode. Regardless, our judicial system considers many offenses far more serious crimes than crossing the border into the United States illegally. Still, it seems a significant percentage of our citizenry don't understand that. Probably they just argue that the penalties should be higher. Perhaps that's because they haven't put themselves in the shoes of an immigrant and considered why they might commit this relatively small offense and traverse hot and dangerous territory to find work among strangers in a land where they may not speak the language terribly well. Now, I'm not arguing that undocumented immigrants uniformly don't do anything illegal, nor that everyone who crosses the border can immediately stake a claim for citizenship. I'm arguing that we should also consider 
both their motivations for committing that isolated act and their contributions in the often many intervening years since. And on balance, we should recognize these human beings for who they are, valuable, contributing Americans. Even more so, we should recognize their children who came here often at such young ages that they literally know no other home. Let's not simply reduce them as people to illegal immigrants, a simplistic and static description of their legal status. Let's think of them as fellow citizens without documentation. Now let's take a moment to discover the profile of an immigrant to these United States. Known for her simple, elegant style, this legendary fashion designer was born in Caracas, Venezuela in 1939, and she's outfitted five first ladies, including Jackie Kennedy and Michelle Obama. The Council of Fashion Designers of America gave her their Lifetime Achievement Award in 2008. Carolina Herrera became a U.S. citizen in 2009. You'll find a link to the original essay this episode was based on in the episode description. If you like what you heard, consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. Your support will help make this a better project. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash immigrant song. You can also follow this project on Twitter or on Facebook. Just search for Immigrant Song. Our opening music is Mexico City Blues 2 by Los Negretes. Our closing music is A Meditation on Flight by Alpen with interstitial music by Poddington Bear. All songs are featured via a Creative Commons license. Thanks to Bob Maynard for the idea to profile an immigrant in each episode of the podcast. This has been Robert Stribley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>